So you guys are a collaborative athletic front. Training exactly. Yeah, you guys come as a united front versus, I don't know if this is what the players experience, but do they get mixed signals from? They do. Oh. They do. When I have all these transfers come in, they always get mixed signals. They have They have maybe the, the my dietitian is telling me this, but my strength coach is telling me another side of it for me to either lose or gain weight. But the dietitian is not with them every single day or all the time. They see that strength coach every single day, every all day. the time. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education gear to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaders in Sport. I am your host, Jordan Boxer, and I met with two individuals today. We have our very own sports nutrition specialist, Ryan Dauru. Good job, buddy. Hello, everyone. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> and um, special welcome to one of our sport advisory board members, Dr. Matthew Frakes. Hey, man. Appreciate that, man. You know, my, grand guy. my grandfather had a joke. He would always go to restaurants and say, hey, can I have a reservation for Dr. Lou Silver? And they'd put down Dr. Lou So He wasn't a doctor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, Zadie, what happens if, like, someone is sick? He's like, I'm a doctor of philosophy, so I'll just put doctor down. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. He, he always got sat first. Yep. Yeah, he just, man, he had some game, actually. <laughs> um, so you, I define you as a triple threat in the space. Okay. Because you're a strength coach. Yeah. You know how to strength coach. Yeah, I listen. Yeah, he listens. <laughs> Got a CSCS, right? You're I just listen. CSCS, you're a dietitian. Uh-huh, 100%. And you're a PhD. You're the triple threat. 100%. You're like Justin Timberlake before <laughs> sports <laughs> nutrition. <JT. laughs> um, yeah, I remember seeing dance and, and act. That yep. was the old triple threat. So <laughs> can you let us know a little bit about how you decided to get – most people tend to either go down one of the three routes. Yeah. And you decide to go down all three. Can you let us know where that came from, that drive to get that deep into those modalities? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, so obviously nutrition was the first priority, first love, um, <laughs> you would say. Um, so I honestly didn't know going into it exactly what all a dietitian did because I was never exposed to the dietitian other than what was in the academic classroom. So, so even though you played, yeah, you we didn't, didn't have, have one. one? No, we didn't have one. We didn't have one. Interesting. So, um, and you know, I went to a mid-major. So at the same time, so small division one school. So we didn't have one. And then also at that time in between like uh, the late 2009, 10-ish, 11, like the, the field really didn't start picking up until a little bit later after that. Like that's when, you know, the the originals, those that actually, I wouldn't say the originals, <laughs> but those that actually paved the way for a lot of us, um, you know, they really started up like probably like mid-2000s. What was the norm um before that all mostly contract work i would say mostly contract work and then also referral service um from what i gather from what they tell when they tell me from all the conversations that we have um so as far as like being there full time and having like someone as part of your staff to navigate the uh, nutrition modalities and the complications that the actual entire organization has and the team have it's starting, you know, branching out like wildfire as far as like just recently. So but before, would the strength coach sort of be the go-to? 100%. The, uh, it, well, in my opinion, 
Yes, the strength coach was more so the go-to, and also on the hydration side. It was like the food side was strength coach, and athletic training was on the hydration side. And then the dietitian field started to blow up like 10 years ago. Yep. And you guys are responsible for all food and hydration. Is that the... Yeah, that's that. That's the most minute way you can say it. Like that's the that's the that's the <laughs> okay, baseline. Give me the give me the like the Van Gogh um, way. Yeah. So so as a dietitian, it's it's a multifactorial as far as service that we provide of care. Um, and then also the, the other thing is too that we are still developing as far as exactly what our uh, roles and responsibilities are in our profession as well from each level. It could be high school, collegiate, professional. Um, so individuals are they're. They're here for assessments of, you know, uh, for all metrics and measurements that, you know, make up the actual individual itself, anthropometrics, um, lab analysis, um, any type of performance outcomes or performance metrics, injury, rehabilitation. Um, and then that's actually the, if you do it right, you do it by you are collecting this information and you are providing nutritional care or nutrition and care um, for those that you actually work for and helping them to develop to their goals and outcomes by educating them and also providing a touch point of what food and supplements should be provided to get to the outcome. Mm -hmm. And why did you decide to then get your CSCS? Man, honestly, so I was, uh, when I was in Columbus and I got done a dietetic internship, it was more so of, I was working at a place called Eleven Athletics. Um, and then that actually had um, you know, at the time, we had a lot of athletes come in, professional and also collegiate come in that trained there. So it's more so of I just wanted to have more of an understanding and be, a, you know, a dual threat in that sense. Have yeah. a full understanding. Of, well, it doesn't give me the full understanding, but at least I can talk. You can language. now speak their language. Yes. Yeah, because I can I, now see what they're talking about. I find that you know I, I'm starting to interact with more dietitians and strength coaches, mm -hmm. and there seems to be some commonality, but also like. Almost like somebody speaking Spanish and there was speaking Italian. Yeah, man. Like it's similar, but not. You can sort of understand you, but not fully understand. Yep. And then I, I want to learn about the PhD, but why do you feel that disconnect is? And do you think that it's getting better, and that it's something? How could we improve upon it to make that communication cleaner between the two parties? Well, there's a disconnect because, on one hand, from the dietitian standpoint. Uh, we are more so territorial. I'm not saying I myself, but it we are removed from those those key conversations around how individuals should actually fuel, hydrate, recover um, around you know what they put into their bodies. Then you know if we're removed from those conversations, then we don't have a value, if you will. So a lot of it comes from okay we need to have a value in the sense of we need to be involved in all those conversations. That's the one side of the coin. The other side of it is as far as when it comes to the strength coaches, this individual doesn't truly understand the sport and doesn't truly understand as far as um, not only the demographic of the sport, but also the outcomes of what the actual individual needs to uh, become because they're outside looking in. They maybe Like they don't paid. understand all the training and... Correct. Okay. And what can we do from our end, you know, at Designs for Sport and with you here, to start translating for the two parties. Yeah, it, it's Is that a, a good analogy. Yeah, Just keep it, talking about it too, right? Yeah. Like he says a lot of profound things that I hear him say. I do. All, 
both of you guys, but I'm talking about <laughs> Superior Frakes over here, right? Like he talks about all kind of things. And well, hold on, by the way, where did you come up with that for your Instagram handle? What the Superior Frakes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what? I was uh, I, <laughs> when I was back in Columbus, man. It was more so of uh, just put myself in, and, and I was just thinking to myself, like, if, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And if, if I'm going to have a name, I'm going to have a name that can't nobody touch. I like it, man. So I was like, okay, what's the top of the line? Yeah. And I was like, superior. <laughs> <laughs> so you can... <laughs> I got to so read that, you that my Instagram. Me. I think I, mine's born a boxer because I used to box. Yeah. And my last name's boxer. But I don't box anymore. So now I'm like, do I switch it? No, man. No? That's the essence of you. Like mine's like, I, I thought about switching my name too. <laughs> but I was like, I made it when I was, I had a younger mindset. But at the same time, it's like, the my youth and also my young mindset is actually what drove me to be where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep going with it. You see how lit up he got when we talked about his name versus like being a dietitian and strength coach. Yeah, <laughs> you came alive right now. I know because the caffeine started kicking in. We're, we're talking yeah. about we're guys we're, right here, right? It's everything's about mindset, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, everything is about mindset, and I think when you said how can we, we just got to keep talking about it, and he. When he talked, you talked, I heard you talk last year on the performance nutrition, fo the football performance nutrition summit about this very topic. You're asking him about how do we have this conversation, get everyone in the yeah. same room. They're figuring it out at LSU. He's their, their team. They're doing it. Yes. And it's impressive. And I don't know how much that's going to be shared with the, the, the rest of the collegiate sports world, but it's. Definitely something that plagues, and you, you know, you talk because we hear it from both ends. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk to all you guys. We hear it from it all. You know, yeah. So yeah, for for us, so at LSU, man, it's more so of like when it comes to those that's at the ground level, for the service and care of the actual athlete, those that are actually with them every single day, that are in communication with them and actually know the ins and outs of the their issues and their complications and why they have certain potential complications. Yeah. It's more so of we don't have a issue of making sure we speak the same language. Like we talk un amongst one another to find out, okay, what is Frank saying? What is Coach Flint saying? So you guys are collaborative athletic front. Exactly. Yeah, you guys come as a united front versus I don't know if this is what the players experience, but do they get mixed signals from? They do. Oh. They do. When I have all these transfers come in, they always get mixed signals. They have They have maybe the, the my dietitian is telling me this. But my shrimp coach is telling me another side of it for me to either lose or gain weight. But the dietitian is not with them every single day or all the time. They see that shrimp coach every single day every all day. the time. And, we, and we're, we're changing that to where it's like, well, it's not, I wouldn't say that we're changing that. But, for instance, my office is in the weight room. Is, that, right rare? Next to coach is that rare for a... I don't. The first time I saw it was when I was working with Candace Walls at University of Louisiana Lafayette, where the dietitians were actually in the weight room with the shrimp coaches. And because we work in, 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 you know, in tandem with each other, Raging we got to speak the same language with everything. And that was the first time I saw in, that it was done the right way, where you have to be in close proximity to each, to each other to where you're not operating in silos. Unfortunately, a lot of our operations is built in silos. I went to a, this was, what was his name? Because I'm using his knowledge. I want to share it. Uh, it was an entrepreneurial talk, and the guy was mm. saying how corporations, when they run in silos, yep, they fail, and it needs to be run into like this ecosystem. Because you know, in corp in business, we face the same thing. Like, is marketing speaking to sales? Who's speaking to operations? Who's speaking to finance? Who's speaking to legal? Or is everybody operating on their own? And then there's all these mixed signals and discord. So it's interesting, even in um, 
Sports is a business. Yeah, but even right. an athletic team, it's like, yeah, are is you would assume that like the performance staff is all speaking. Mm-hmm. But I'm finding out that assumption is wrong most of the time. That is. I'm gonna be honest with you because it's a reflection of leadership too. If your leadership doesn't really respect as far as each one of those single areas and don't project the information the same exact way that they have in another leadership position in each one of those areas, then it's not going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mean anything because they're the ones that, that, help, that hold the cars for their future when they play and how they play and how much they play. Interesting. So if, if they don't speak that language as your strength coach, your athletic trainer, your, and your dietitian, and your sports medicine physician, if they don't truly understand and they can't point in the right direction, like, okay, where exactly is this athlete falling short at? How do I truly understand where they're falling short at and why? Why the hell are you not talking to that individual? <laughs> Did you say it like that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that is, that, that's what it has, to pre- it has to present from the actual leadership position. It has to project from that. It starts from the top down. Mm-hmm. So true. people say from the bottom up, but if, if your surface level and your ground level doesn't, doesn't project the, 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 the mission and the vision of whatever the, the top is and you guys don't work in a collection to get towards that outcome, then everyone's going to work in confusion and they're, they're not going to work together. So where, where did you get the pursuit then to continue down a PhD? Uh, that was just for me to get out of Columbus. <laughs> That's all that was. That, I was the first. To, I was the first as far as to 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 graduate and um, pursue that and ha- to have all levels done, undergrad, masters, and a PhD. And it was a it was just something to, to have a reflection of when people in my community look at Frakes, like what he's doing was what is Matt Superior doing? Frakes. It's something that someone that okay, this is actually an opportunity that I can actually thrive to be. Were you the first to have sort of that whole? They take it all the way through to the PhD, or is there others that? Man, look, the only one I know is Remy, Remy from Anu Jackson, that's at the Minnesota Vikings right now. Then also um, uh, Melinda Valiant as well, when she was the dietitian for Ole Miss, you know, developed that program, started that program. Now, so more so, runs the entire dietetics program as remove herself a little bit from the athletics, but still works with athletics. But now has dietitians that run that. She was the first person that, you know, I seen that do that. And then I say Remy was the second. Um, did they inspire you to do it or where'd you get the, I know you said to get out of Columbus, but there's more to it to than Columbus? that. Yeah. Dr. Valiant, Dr. Valiant, my conversation with her was incredible. That's what actually made me want to look and uh, search more so into how nutrition affects concussion recovery mm-hmm. to, to go in that, to that rabbit hole. I want to go into that with, with that you, actually. Um, and to be honest with you, Dr. Valiant was like, you know, with you being, a minority and a male, and then also with you getting your PhD as well, you need to stick to it and you need to go ahead and you need to make sure that when you get here, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging, but you need to stick to it because you're going to be one of the few, if any. Yeah, because I haven't seen anyone else. If any, Exactly, if any. And then it was more so down the route that it was, it was pushing me towards, okay, you should work in academics so then that way you can teach, instruct, and educate. But then I came to the census of, no, I need to keep with this and be on the field and be on the ground level. You, you enjoy being on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a field guy. I'm an in-the-trenches guy. You look like a strength <laughs> coach. Then that's, and that's another reason why they probably, Man. you know, they – No, I mean, serious. Most strength coaches don't look like that, bro. That's true. What are your biceps? What are your biceps? I'll try, 18 man. inches? I don't know anymore. Arnold was 16, I think, right? Yeah, okay. I'm bigger than him. 
<laughs> now, yeah. Um, we were just working out with uh, Steve Englehart over at Colorado today, and he's jacked for a strength coach. He he's is jacked. He, Jordan put him through this leg workout, and uh, he put us all through this leg workout. I'm glad I'm sitting down right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I got Taxed. allergies. <laughs> I slept four hours. I did the leg workout. I don't know how I'm doing this right now. but um, So a personal passion of mine, I actually had a book I wrote years ago called Migraine Rescue because mm-hmm. I suffered from terrible migraines. And I'm 99.9% sure the cause was, you know, back in the day I was unwise and thought I'd be a professional MMA fighter. And I was training and I got knee in the head to oblivion. Mm-hmm. Like the only time in my life that I blacked out and I lost track of time. And then I started getting migraines, um, low energy, hormone disruption. And I yep. now look back and I'm like, yeah, obviously I probably had a terrible concussion yeah. And the only advice I got was don't go to sleep that night. And I went to the hospital. I got a CT scan. Uh, oh, you're fine. You have a thick Polish skull. There's no bleeding, whatever. But like I threw up, I think, 10 times that night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like I was. So why did it take so long, in your opinion, for concussions to become like a thing? I know there's that Will Smith movie. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but. Like, why was it this, like, dirty secret swept under the rug? I I went right back to training. Yeah. No one said shit to me. Like, I walked back into the gym. I just didn't spar for a little bit, but there was no, like, like suck it up kind of was the attitude. Uh, yeah, I, I think as an athlete, from that point of view and that perspective, this impacts my playing time. This impacts my ability to, to participate. Mm-hmm. If this impacts my ability to participate, I'm going to be replaced. So I think that's why, one of an analogy, uh, not analogy, but one way of looking at it as why it took so long for it to go through. Because the players swept it under the rug? Right. Maybe the players, not to say the physicians, not to say as far as any of the practitioners did, but then also you want to respect the boundaries of the players' wishes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, the other thing is, too, we have a lot of more technological advancements in how we assess and how we are uh, reviewing and looking at how concussions are, you know, um, assessed in a sense. So we continuously update, like the SCAT, the, these assessment tools that we have, um, these MRI tools that we have, um, any anything that we have as far as, and, and a neuropsychologist and neurologist can speak more on this, but everything is starting to advance more and more and more and more, you know? So, so if, if somebody, let's say, listening doesn't have access to an MRI, what are some of the common symptoms yep that present in somebody who's been concussed yep so one could be migraine could ah, be horrible, um man. lack of appetite sleep disturbances um could be amesis or you know vomiting as well um what'd you call it vomiting what was the word is, before is, vomiting isn't is is emesis is, is is that the technical i don't know terminology never, for, hyperemesis is yes that hyperemesis saying, oh. is that throwing thank you. up is that yes <laughs> vomiting <laughs> thank you hey man <laughs> I, I, you, I took environmental science okay <laughs> slow it down a little bit so um uh what, what else i'm missing um Foot oh oh uh, sensitivity to light sensitivity mm. as far as to smell even if you will, sensitivity to taste. My of sense things. of smell has been off yeah. for years. Yeah, it's funny. You that start to smell everything after a concussion. No, I smell nothing. Handle. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's say a parent is like, because I'm sure we're gonna have some people here who have youth athletes, and 
How can what? So those are some symptoms, but mood-wise, if they're yeah. looking at somebody, anger, say, depression, absolutely, that's been something that's been seen in there as well. So if random anger, random depression after a hit, yeah, it could be. But then that's the thing, is that when you are seeing a blow to the head, a direct contact to the head, you shouldn't wait to see its symptom to you occur. know you know it's a concussion. Like not no, it's not that you know it's a concussion. That's when the assessment needs to take place. That's the vestibular tracking in the eyes. Because they didn't do, yeah, so I got hit. Yep. I went to the hospital. I'm from Canada, so different healthcare system, but went to the hospital, waited hours. What happened? I was fighting. I got kneed in the head. Take me for a CT scan. Are you guys sure I'm okay? Yeah, you're fine. Go. Like, it was literally mm -hmm. no medications to take, no supplement recommendations, no diet, no lifestyle changes, like. It's an unseen injury. You can't see it. And I don't know if it was malicious as much as no, you I just... Know. And an athlete, when you get a concussion, you're revved up, right? It's like you've just been electrocuted. And, and players want to be on the field. So I'm good, coach. I want to go back in. Nothing's broken. And you can't see it. I don't know. It, Sorry, man. Yeah, every, everyone kind of, you know, it's, it happens differently for everybody. Not everyone experiences the same symptoms at all. Um so that, that could be potentially it, but then also because of the level of awareness that's been brought upon concussions now, it's treated differently. So how, Finally. you know, I know maybe you can speak in the team space, but for, let's say there's two sects of people. For the people who aren't part of a team, don't have the, like a parent listening, or let's say somebody else who just randomly got hit, like they're playing a, a sport out and like flag football or yep. something, they get hit. What can they do to start, dampening the negative effect because i went through probably a decade of suffering until i figured it out yeah so what you know let's say if you were speaking to me back in the day i got need in the head i got lit up you'd probably be like jordan you should probably stop fighting and then what would be the <laughs> next what would be, the guy was huge actually he yeah. was like six one five six it was not fair um what are the steps i could take to you know stop the long-term negative effects of a concussion uh, well, you know, you just follow along, not what the literature says, but I mean, you, that's what you actually do. Um, so with that being said, throughout the actual, you know, progression of return to play or the assessment or just even questioning that, hey, does my child or does this person have a concussion? That's when you, the expert, the athletic trainer or the sports medicine physician, the neurologist, whoever is there. You know, they work with the, the, the occupational therapist or the physical therapist that they have available and progress them through some some light activity to ensure that blood flow is still going. That's one part of it. Um, the second part of it on the nutritional aspect of it is ensuring that you give them a substantial or a significant amount of a, an effective dose of omega-3 supplementation, DHA to EPA, one-to-one -one ratio, preferably two or three-to-one ratio of DHA to EPA, if you can get it to that value. It's hard to find that. We, we have a great product that do that, actually. You know, what do you use? You, oh, that's good. You, you know, we, we, we use omega-3 hypo, you know. Yeah, but, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It's a one-to-one -one ratio. Yeah, it's a one-to-one -one ratio. Yeah, but it's a high dose. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 750, 750, correct? Yeah. 100%. Eight, so, 800 now, I think, maybe. But Krill's really good for that, too, right? Hide in the, in the brain. So as long as the DHA value is up mm. and high, the DHA is what has the most effective Krill, dose. But Krill's that. different, I think, payload-wise. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is me going back years. I think eight one milligram of EPA or DHA in a krill oil because of how it absorbs is equal to like eight milligrams in a fish oil. 
Interesting. From my understanding. From my I'm not, Interesting. I'm not making a super claim here, but from what I remember back in the day, it was like, because if you look at krill oil, the dosages are low, mm-hmm. but it's like super absorbable and effective. Um, so, okay. So essential fatty acids are good, but like, yeah. what is a good dose? So how how would you dose? I know, I don't know how we do this legally, but let's say hypoth- in a hypothesis, how would you dose 150 pound athlete, you know, male, 115 pound athlete female, 250 pound male. Like what's the dose range? Like what do you look for? So I'm looking at 30 to 40 milligrams per kilogram. A body um, weight? Yeah, of, of omega-3 and total omega-3. So if I'm 80 kilograms, mm-hmm. so how much would I have at 2,400? Yeah, and what is that, 160 pounds? How much, how much is 80 kilograms? Was 80 kilograms? No, 170. I'm, 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 I'm 176 right now. Okay, so you said you're 80 kilograms? I think that's 80. And that's a baseline, and that's just honestly a baseline value. So you do thir- that's just like three, so three grams, right? Two, so two and, a half, and that's thirty two hundred. So you do like four yeah. pills of our omega. So hundred percent. Yeah, and that's yeah. enough. You don't need to dose higher. It just depends. Um, so, but yes, I start there as a baseline. I like one thing that I want to do more of is um, looking more so of our, um, you know, our, our lab analysis when it comes to those blood uh, those blood analysis that yeah. we have. The issue is, is that because it's so novel in the space, like having tau, neurofilament light, um, you know, uh, I forgot what else am I missing, but, you know, having those things that may show, depending on the value of what's actually there, oh, omega-3, the omega-3 index score as well, um, seeing actually how much an effective dosage would be to get those values, you know, back to a, within normal limit range. You know, interesting, you and I next week are together on Bubs's you know, summit, right? Yeah. It won't be next week. It'll be in no, the past. Yeah. It'll, oh, yeah. It'll, <laughs> when be, they, when it'll, the people be, it'll be in the past by yeah. the time this airs. Yeah. But Dave Scholes is also talking on that the next day about that very thing with the Omega indexes and mm-hmm. the study that he did on o- Omega from Designs for Sport using and did his labs and everything. So it'll be interesting to see from there the data that he has on the product that you're you know, using. Yeah, I'm interested to see when, when it comes out. Because then also, what's the turnover rate as far as the omega-3 index when you're supplementing with it? How long it takes for that omega-3 index score to actually be, you know, within an 8% range. it's all probably dependent on the body. Exactly. Here. So, um, okay, so you would do fish oil. Like, is there any other nutritional? Like, I'm a big fan of the so much. Neuro, the yep. Neuromag that we have or Neurocomplex. Yep. Magnesium 3 and 8. That Absolutely. product, yep. in my experience, I have to be careful here. We're on a podcast. But that changed yep. my life. Does it? Yeah, that was like my migraines. My migraines were so bad, three yeah. or four times a week. I don't know how it worked, but yeah, I like the bioavailability and also the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, for the magnesium three and eight. That's why I like the Neuromag as well. Um, that's what we have, you know, our players on as well. Um, and then also throughout that progression of you know return to play, actually a probiotic too, because you got to remember the gut health within the ability to actually absorb and mobilize and you know. And to have the absorption rate and capacity of these particular nutrients you're trying to actually intervene with. Mm. If your gut and your microbiota is not in a great place, how are you going to move it around? How are you going to absorb it? So you got to make sure that you're having that up to par. And cooling down gut inflammation. 100%. Your nervous system gets damaged. The enteric nervous system that surrounds the gut, it gets affected. All You your seem to know a lot about concussions are... now. Why? Um... You know, I <laughs> <laughs> may have may, may have had a few may have had a few recently. recently. <laughs> so what I've been this concussion effect like in younger athletes. I'm gonna joke here, but like I do have a history of getting hit in the head. So my first big concussion was 
when I was three, four, three or four, apparently some kid in the classroom went around and started smashing all these kids with a brick, like a wooden brick kind of thing. And then when I used to be a decent baseball player, so I was playing in rep league, and I was the pitcher, and I, the, I threw the ball, the guy hit it and smacked me in the eye, like, hard. And my pupils still messed up to this day. Yeah. So what happens to youth athletes when they get concussed long term? That's a good question, actually. That's a great question. That's something we need to have more research on and more literature on. That I don't I don't know proven to the fact unless we were to continue to monitor those who have concussions in a long term study. Man, it has to have some sort of I, condition. My pituitary doesn't work fully. Like, mm -hmm. I have something called secondary Addison's. Everyone thought I had adrenal fatigue. I went to St. Mike's in Toronto, and I got insulin tolerance tests and ACT, the ACTH challenge test. And they're like, your adrenals are fine. You just don't produce ACTH. So I was always like, what if it was one of those times I got smashed in the head and just disrupted my pituitary? Right, and then your growth hormones lacking. Yeah, and what and which region, which regions of the brain actually affect that as well? You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. So that that's something to take in consideration. Yeah, because what if all these people walking around like because anxiety and depression is a really big issue now, mm -hmm. and ADD, and like I'm wondering what if it's all stemming from like head trauma. From head trauma. Yep. And I've had a I had a decent amount of head trauma. I'm sure a lot of people had a decent amount of head trauma. And they're not even realizing that's where a lot of this dysfunction later in life is coming from is in our developmental years, Yep. which is why I'm so passionate about, you know, through DFS, how can we, you know, use our tools that we have, the fish oil, the GPC liquid, the neurocomplex, um, curcumin to me was also amazing. Glutamine. Glutamine. And like really go and educate youth at, like you played football. Mm -hmm. How many times did you get hit in the head when you were in high school? Or use the head to hit. Right. <laughs> Stingers. No, and, but like, and like, um, soccer players. Yeah. Um, the number one from, I went to one lecture back in like 2017. Maybe it's changed. You go, what sport do you think has the most? Women's soccer. No. Then who? Gymnastics. People really? People don't even think about it. Right. Really? That was my reaction. So the guy showed one of the girls on the, what's it called? The beam? Yeah. You know, done in and that falls off, smashes her head. Get up, do it again. Boom, falls off, smashes her head. Like showing all the times they'll wipe out doing the jumps and stuff and landing on their head, the back of the head. And people don't even think about Makes it. Makes a lot of sense. We're mm. soccer now. We're like, oh, yeah, everyone knows soccer because of the head, um, you mm -hmm. know. But almost any sport really, maybe outside of badminton, but like, you know, even basketball, you're hitting your head. Yeah. Wrestling, you're you're getting slammed in the ground. Um Football, obviously. Baseball, I got hit in the head with like a, how fast was that ball going? That strike me in the yep. head. So, yeah, it's, that's a big passion is like how do we use our tools that we have and educate parents, educate even trainers who have their, you know, gym training youth athletes mm -hmm. to use more preventative care or I guess so it's like, you know, I, I love what you said, like fish oil, get on a good diet. You know, you can use some of these tools pre or post-concussion. And I know you have no research here, but do you think there's any merit to taking these things preventatively? As a prophylactic, yes. Yes, I do. Because if if there is a significant value within as far as in the blood or just even in general, you know, you're going to react to things differently. Mm -hmm. um, in theory, you're going to react to things differently. That's where creatine comes in. 
That's where omega threes and DHA come in. Creatine, so yes, hundred percent. Um, vitamin D dose? as well. What's the dose you need for creatine? So that's where. So I, I go with the same. I go almost go with the same value to be honest with you. So anywhere between it just depends on the individual and the size and how much lean mass they have. But anywhere between twenty to forty milligrams per kilogram too. So I mean, it's what we'll end up doing anywhere between five to fifteen grams if we need to. And for our offensive linemen, some of them they take twenty. Well, they're huge. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What, what position do you play? Outside linebacker. Left or right? I play to the boundary. Ryan told me yeah. you were a punter. Will. I wish. <laughs> Could have got paid. Yeah. <laughs> or a long snuffer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then you get all the other benefits. It's it's just something I think like we take all this preventative for our immune system. We take all this prevention for, um, you know, maybe joint pain or whatever people take day to day. But like, yep. why aren't we taking preventative brain health? Yep. Or preventative, especially it's like your kid's playing hockey, your kid's playing football, he's playing whatever. It's like, why aren't we just making that a norm? Because it's hard to prove that it works. And these kids, they want to... You have, you have one brain. I know, but our society, that's how our kids are. Like, this is how our kids are. This is how my, my athletes are. Like, you got to prove to me that it works. How can I prove to you that it works if I'm trying to avoid the outcome <laughs> of an injury? So that's the thing. Man, like, I wish availability. Like I, approve it by your you're just you're healthy. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I wish availability I, score. Mm-hmm. But I don't get you have all these like icons now who take so much care. And how are they not looking at them as role models? Be like, wait, if they're doing this later in their career, what if I start earlier? Yeah, because not all of them do that. So not every single one of our star studded athletes are doing that are showing that in the investment like we have our we have some but then you still have others that still say i did this with you know marijuana or i did this before my games i used to eat mcdonald's like they they bring this analogy all the time ocho Cinco ate mcdonald's every single meal every single day and he still was uh, he's a hall of fame receiver <laughs> like it's like bro like you're not ocho Cinco. So that's where you got to. Who is the guy now? He's uh, Metcalf. Yeah, DK. Yeah, and he's eating like candy. Do you, yeah. You see it? yeah. That, that's just freak genetics, man. That's yeah. like it, you you can't. But even this is and I'm not I'm obviously not an elite athlete, so it's hard for me to understand. But like I try to maximize my genetic potential. Mm -hmm. I don't have the best genes. So I'm like, if you have good genes, why not try to maximize and prevent, like, you know, take the concussion prevention protocol, eat the right diet, train yep. properly. I think because we're talking about kids and, mm -hmm. you know, and 40, 30-something, you know, you understand that now. And how do they we don't do take that, that for granted. They take how that for granted. How do we educate them? No, even from a young age. Like, I watched Rocky, and I was like, I got to be like Rocky. Yeah, I know. Crack but, the egg, drink the drink the yolk. <laughs> yeah, but, so, so, but some of the, the, you know, the cultures and environments that they come from as well, like they don't have that yeah. as something that is a common theme or a common discussion point at all whatsoever. So that's the part where you got it when you're starting young. It's easy to say that that's you got to start them young and you got to educate, but there's no real answer until you have the people that are with them and their mentors that are with them day to day to speak that language. Yeah, I get it. So that's tough, man. Mm -hmm. That's what you deal with every day, educating these kids on, huh? trying to make them, come, make them men. Yeah. And they come from all different walks of life, different backgrounds. So, 
So what was your PhD in? It was in concussions? Yeah, and how nutrition affects concussion recovery. And then we looked at how dietary intake overall, overall dietary intake and its effect to concussion recovery. What was the biggest takeaway? That the, the symptomology of the days that occurred from a concussion was reduced by three days for those that actually met their dietary intake, so their caloric needs overall. Um, the next thing was also those that actually were compliant with their omega-3 supplementation <laughs> as well actually seeing a reduction of their symptomology, um, their symptomology scores. That's with both of them there. Um, and also as far as, um, you know, I had as far as the, you know, omega-3s in the, in, the, in the creatine, you know, intervene as an intervention there. But also I had um, had UCAN in there as well, you know, uh, had a, had a, a modified cornstarch that was available too because, you know, the lack of appetite that was actually available to help something that was digested a little bit a little bit slowly in theory that's what i was thinking that had no effect <laughs> that, that had that had no effect but you could argue it contributed to them meeting their overall energy intake because that was actually what contributed to actually seeing how much they actually consume each day how drastic of a loss of appetite do a lot of people go through man you you it's you'll see anywhere from I I don't feel like eating so they don't eat period and all they do is drink or you'll see like maybe i eat like once or twice in a day so you know, it, the appetite, it can be reduced. Like, not everybody has that symptom, but over the time of seeing in the research and it, from my athletes that I, I help intervene with their concussion recovery now, appetite is one of those things that people sleep on as, a, as an effect. So it really is like, it's almost like this avalanche effect. You get concussed, you become depressed, anxious, you don't eat, you develop reds, yep, you're undernourished. Don't sleep well. you're, yeah. And mm -hmm. the brain needs energy. Every the mitochondria, single one of those. and you need fuel in the brain to help it heal and function. And when you don't have those calories, you just spiral down. Those calories, those nutrients, those micronutrients mm -hmm. in there that help everything affect and connect the dots with everything as well, like mm -hmm. that. We don't have those and you're not consuming it. And then your gut health is not up to par to help things move. Then, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So that gut brain axis, when, when that the more literature that comes out with the gut brain axis and how that comes about, and actually in our athletes, our population, and how that affects their recovery to certain rehabs and especially concussion, I am excited when that comes out. There's there's more and more that's coming out with the rodent models, but we need to see how we can absorb how we can observe that here with our athletes. What would be if you were to Let's redo your PhD? It. Yeah, mm -hmm. like. If you, I, I don't say redo your PhD, you could do a study now, but like what would be your dream studies for you to run now? Creatine and its effect on concussion recovery. Um, which exact biomarkers uh, have an effect to uh, certain injuries that you can see and monitor? Like um, hormone markers. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. I am convinced you get head trauma, your testosterone gets messed up. You know what? And I cannot argue uh, to you about that because I think that's actually something that could potentially be it as well. That your hormone function is disturbed because you got concussion. You're, so your hypothalamus, yeah. everything as far as when you had in your head, and people can speak on that more to actually specialize in this area. But it literally is a powerhouse to how things hormonally react, connect, and actually um, work on a day-to-day -day basis and everything you do. Yeah. So, okay, so you want to check biomarkers. Yep. Creatine. Yep. Absolutely. What, anything else? Um, yes, actually, um, and also talent identification and development of body uh, composition in particular sports as well. Um, so how much as far as, so I, I've been talking to Francis Hallway, re, you know, recently a lot, 
Aaron Wellman a lot. And I love what they're doing with that to see how much, but I want to combine it with the DEXA in some way, shape, or form to see, okay, we can see how much their bone mineral content has, their bone mineral density, but then also um, when we're looking at those bone breaths and looking at, you know, those girth and measurements of actually, um, you know, their frames of everything that they have as well from their bone and um, their bone mass, how much muscle mass can a individual potentially and accurately put on based on the current stage of their development phase throughout the year. So you can pinpoint that a little bit better. Bodybuilders would love that. They would love that. But also my, also my, my football players would too. That's coming in freshman, sophomore, junior in, their, in those years. And then depending on what stage, if you can narrow down exactly how your strength conditioning staff is going to train your athletes and you have an idea of, you know, what emphasis are we working on, speed development, agility, this is where we're looking at as far as to put on as much lean mass as possible, or this is where we're just maintaining lean mass and make sure that we have, and we retain that as much as possible. You can see, okay, where if we're accurately and we are consistently measuring these particular athletes from their anthropometrics and their DEXA scans and also their bone frame and seeing how things are actually moving throughout the course of the year, and at what stage, and you can see ex- exactly how you can actually support them even further. What would it take for you to get that study going? Money. How much money? I need all the money. <laughs> all <laughs> the Bitcoin? I, I don't know. All the Bitcoin? The, honestly, I don't know. Money and collaboration. I, it, it takes a, it takes a, you need to have a lot of subjects and, you know, to have an effective power analysis around, you know, to show not only statistical significance, right. but also practical significance. So... For you to have that, you have to have a large body of evidence. Like, would a football team be a big time. enough? Or it's, it, are they too niche because they're football players? Like, you need to get people who play different. You need to have several different cultures and several different teams, mm-hmm. several different organizations, because every different every organization has their own philosophy around what they're training and how they're training, how much they're practicing, what they're working on throughout those different phases of their practices as well. So it just takes a, collab- a collaborative effort to do so. How many subjects do you think it would take for it to be taken seriously? Oh, man. Um, obviously, the more the better, but that's where we got to run a power analysis around it, but maybe potentially. It depends on how many, uh, you know, uh, variables that we have in there that has an effect, but it can be anywhere between, you know, from 50 to 100 to maybe even 500, so it just depends. You want me to be a subject? We need to we need to find a, a, a statistician a, a statistician available mm. ASAP to run a, a power analysis. Yes, <laughs> to see what we need. to I do. took stats in school. Okay, well then run it. Then, I, I did two. I did two <laughs> classes. A GA or something who can help <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> um, no, it's very interesting stuff, and I definitely want to, you know, have you back on here and go a lot deeper into the into the concussion stuff. But um, we're just running out a little bit of a time. So I always like to leave each episode with three ep- three golden nuggets for people to take with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm looking at it from my lens. I think the first one is like, yes, there is a, a merit to taking preventative nutrition around concussion would be one. Two, learn to speak the language of your staff and collaborate. And don't be siloed. And I think no matter where you are in the world of of our industry, you can take that with you. Whether you have a gym, you're part of a team, you work in a business like we do. Like, I really like that. Like, don't be siloed. Yep. What would you say is the third takeaway? 
Man, those are two really good ones. Mm. Two really great ones, actually. Um, they're yours. I, w- I would say, honestly, stay curious so that way we can find out and ask more questions around what we need to research more on. I love that. Stay curious. Um, that's a common thing that has been through every, almost everyone we've brought on to the podcast. They're forever students. Yep. They never think they figured it all out. Never. And then you're going to go get your second PhD and then your third one. And then, you know, you're still trying. Man, you never know. I just might. Who knows? (laughs) Um, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you, Ryan. So Ryan, if people want to find you. Ryan Darrow at designsforsport.com. Perfect. And Superior Freaks, where we, where can we find you if people want to reach out? Ryan Darrow at designsforsports.com. No, Ryan has just been hired <laughs> on as the agent. Yeah, uh, simply I'm letting everybody Superior through. Freaks. Yeah, that's it. Superior Freaks on that's Instagram, it. right? On all of them, Instagram, Twitter. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is uh, Matt R. Freaks or Dr. Freaks on there as well. So, uh, And when people email you, do they address you as doctor? Man, look, I am a humble guy. Just call me Matt. Just call me Dr. Frakes if I don't like you. But, okay. <laughs> but no, but no, I'm, I'm playing. But uh, uh-huh. I, I re- thank you. Yes, Dr. Frakes is fine. <laughs> Matt, Frakes, Coach Frakes, that's Perfect. absolutely fine. Uh, and if you guys ever want to reach out to me for whatever reason, uh, my Instagram is born underscore uh, underscore boxer. But again, I want to thank you for coming on, and I'm looking forward to all the collaborative work we're going to be able to do together. Absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, Ryan, thank you for coming here as well. And until next time, um, I guess goodbye. Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.